0: everyone and welcome back to another episode of Gals Getting Rich, a personal finance podcast all about getting rich in every dimension of your life. I am your host Maeve and I am joined by your other host Vatsa and today we are going to be talking about ESG investing. What is it? Why is it important? Why you should pay attention? Everything all about it. So I'm just going to hop right in to kick things off. What is ESG. ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. These are factors that investors look at to determine a company's sustainability and their overall benefit towards society. Obviously, the E and ESG environmental looks at how the company treats the earth, social looks at how the company treats people, and governance looks at how a company is managed and run. So, one thing that initially about ESG investing that I was kind of confused about was the difference between social and governance. I just felt like there's a lot of intersectionality between the three factors. So Vasa and I actually wrote out some factors to kind of give more detail to them. So Vata, do you want to tell us the environmental factors?
1: Yeah, so examples of environmental factors can be more than this, but these are just some we kind of came up off the top of my head. So the first being carbon emissions second being air and water pollution, deforestation, green energy initiatives, waste management and water usage. So all of these things are, you know, have so many external implications, political implications, but ultimately when you're thinking about this, think about what goes into creating the product, right? Sometimes when you wear a t-shirt or you eat some sort of food, you you just think about the end product, but there's a lot of steps that go in from production to supply chain to manufacturing, shipping, all of these things um, have a lot of environmental impacts as well. So some social factors that they take into
0: account are employee, gender, and diversity. Another one is data security. Are they sharing your data with your knowledge or without? How secure is your data? Are they having data leaks left and right? Customer satisfaction. For this one, I think about Wells Fargo, where they do not do a good job of keeping their customers satisfied with all their like antics of creating extra checking accounts for customers without their knowledge. Another one is company sexual harassment policies. And lastly, we also have human rights at home and abroad, like child labor, sweatshops, stuff like that.
1: Examples of governance factors include diversity of board members, and this can be: are, is there an equal amount of men, women? Like, what is the race makeup of the entire board? Things like that. Political contributions, which is actually really interesting. You can Google this information because a lot of it is public, and see what kinds of political campaigns they're donating towards. I think Chick Fil A is a good example of this, where we see that they're making contributions to certain efforts. Um, so it's it's more than just like a chicken sandwich. At the end of the day, it's. It's kind of like their what what are they investing for and using their monies for to control policy. So way bigger than what we think of day to day. Executive pay. So how are they how well are they paying their executives? Large scale lawsuits in terms of things that are going on, huge in the news. People get caught doing bad things, they come up, then it comes to us to make a decision of whether or not we should give them our money. Internal corruption and lobbying. Lobbying is huge, huge, huge business in uh Washington DC, it's actually really interesting to look into. It is,
0: definitely. So what is ESG investing? I actually was trying to find a good, concise way to say this. So I went to NerdWallet and their definition is ESG investing is a form of sustainable investing that considers environmental, social, and governance factors to judge an investment's financial returns and its overall impact. An investment's ESG score measures the sustainability of an investment in those specific categories. And according to the US SIF Foundation's 2020 trend report, US assets under management using ESG strategies grew to $17.1 trillion at the beginning of 2020, which is a 42% increase from $12 trillion at the beginning of 2018. So What we're seeing lately in the trend reports is that people are putting more and more money into ESG investing, and it's going to become a bigger, more mainstream thing any minute now. So I think it's really helpful when talking about ESG companies to examine companies that are on the nice and naughty list and why they may be in a certain place. So Vatsa and I compiled a list of companies on both nice and naughty list, and we're going to through it and kind of talk about what makes them so naughty or nice. But first up, we're going to talk about the naughty list. I feel like we're Santa Claus right now. I know. Well, kind of are. Do you want to tell us our first naughty company?
1: Yeah, so our first naughty company is Ecostar Corp. They are on the naughty list because of their failure to report on employee health and safety product responsibility, carbon emissions, and many other things. So they're actively making a point of not advertising their ESG programs because they kind of sell them.
0: Yeah, I think it's like kind of bad when a company is like purposely avoiding putting out any ESG content. So we actually don't know what their ESG score is at all. But the fact that they are very outwardly avoiding putting out any information for ESG is really bad. The next company is Rex Minerals Limited. They are a mining and mineral company, and they refuse to disclose as much information as other companies are putting out in the same field. Kind of similar to Echo Star, where they just, like, aren't putting out the information like other companies are. Like, it's just almost, like, regulatory. It's, like, an expectation, and it just really seems like they're hiding something because this is, like, very against the norm to be withholding this information. But I will say as a mineral company and like mining company, I think there's a lot of bad stuff probably happening in terms of employee health, because we all know like the mining industry is not good for the workers. They have higher cases of lung cancer and they don't see the sun. There's so much danger working in the mine. So we know it's bad just from it being a mining
1: company alone. So the next one is Walmart. Need I say more? (laughs) so they have numerous workplace safety violations they fail to endorse international labor policies and they blatantly use sweatshops in the past three years a lot has come out i remember actually back in high school there was this documentary and it was something about money and walmart and literally like the working conditions are not good even for their normal employers like the people that are supposed to stand there and say hi they treat them really, really bad, and they overwork them, and it's just not a great place. Um, Not to mention, I think recently I saw they did increase their minimum wage to compete with Amazon and Target, but still, it's not as high as the other guys. Like They're definitely struggling to compete, and they don't have a great work environment.
0: Yeah, I saw this other documentary about Walmart, how when they open up in a town that doesn't have any other big box retailers, The only stores that provide these goods are ma and pop shops. Like if you need a shovel, you're going to go to a ma and pop hardware store. If you need fabric and needles, you're going to go to a ma and pop craft store, stuff like that. And when Walmart comes in, they will operate at a loss and they will actually have their prices so low that the ma and pop shops just cannot compete and they end up going out of business. Once those companies go out of business, they jack up their prices and They just kind of exploit communities by thinking they're going to get a better price. And as soon as other companies have to close, they just take advantage of you because then it's almost like a monopoly on the market. The next
1: one is, i hadn't heard of this before. It's called Altria Group. Oh, you know what's really funny? I looked into them a long time ago. It's a tobacco company, right? Yeah. I just looked it up because I was like... It's a tobacco company, and they pay really, really big dividends. Like, really, it's not a good company, but they offset by giving you more money. It's like, it's really like a conflicting thing, right? Because it's like, oh, you're getting more money, but it's literally tobacco. Tobacco, right? Which is horrible. But I actually took note
0: of Altria Group for factors beyond just being tobacco. They're one of the biggest violators of the governance side of ESG. The CEO has unusually high pay without any performance targets. So they're guaranteed that pay no matter how the company is performing. They get discretionary incentive pay on top of their unusually high pay. And the CEO has a dual power of being chair of the board along with being CEO which usually you kind of want to diversify who's running the company. You want a little bit of like um, checks and balances with the company. You know, like if CEO is not doing a good job, the board will come in. And if the board's not doing a good job, CEO will come in, kind of something like that. And they have inadequate audit and compensation committees, and they have overboarded directors. So too many people in leadership there. They're not following regulatory audits and... Any company where it's just the CEO is making all this money is just kind of slimy. It's like, why do they need that money? And why couldn't that money go to investors? Why couldn't they reinvest in the
1: into the company itself? Stuff like that. Totally. Then the next one is Nestle. Uh, Nestle is a major food and beverage company. I guilty as charged. Love their chocolate milk bottles. I well, I don't drink them anymore, but as a kid, I used to be obsessed. They might take the cake for worst company on the planet in terms of ESG. This company is riddled with unethical business practices such as slave labor, child labor, unethical promotion of products, and exploitation of uneducated mothers in poorer countries, which is super frustrating. So, yeah, don't bring your chocolate milk anymore. But
0: Yeah, and they're really hard to avoid because they own so many like uh, snack brands and food, beverage, everything that it's hard to avoid. I was kind of interested in the exploitation of uneducated mothers, and I looked it up, and basically what happened was mothers in poor countries were breastfeeding because breastfeeding is free. And they hired salespeople to dress up as nurses and go to these poor countries and try to convince them that Nestle's baby formula is actually healthier than breast milk but it's literally not yeah breast milk is just as healthy if not more but so these people they were it was like unethical promotion of a product because they were dressing up as nurses so they looked like they knew what they were talking about and these women they don't know much better they don't know any better they don't have as much access to education so they stop breastfeeding and when that happens you don't produce as much milk so then they were kind of forced to only do bottle feeding with the Nestle baby formula. But what happened is the water in that country is contaminated and the infant mortality rate just like shot through the roof because the formula was contaminated through the water. Yeah. And then Nestle was trying to like say, like, oh, we had no play in this. And it's just like shady. They knew what they were doing by hiring salespeople to dress up as nurses. Shady.
1: Yeah, and you think about it, it's like, oh, they're doing these things at what cost? Like, they're not thinking beyond, you know, their their sales. Like, little babies die. Yeah, exactly.
0: The next one is Meta. This one, we all know, this is a very recent, like, big scandal in the world. They were selling your data to political parties specifically for the political campaign of Donald Trump. And they're selling your information without your knowledge. And it's just super slimy you can go read all about it. It was through a company called Cambridge Analytica. And Mark Zuckerberg knew exactly what he was doing. And yeah, meta is not so great. Okay, but now
1: we're going to talk about companies on the nice list. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So for companies on the nice list, our number one is PepsiCo. They actually are really awesome. I really was a big fan of their Old CEO in the but they plan to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions across their supply chain by 2040. And they're working to promote regenerative agricultural practices to make soil healthier and reduce the carbon emissions from the environment. So they're also aiming to make 100% of their packaging recyclable, compostable, biodegradable, or reusable, which is awesome. I think, especially in cities that don't recycle, making those cans and packaging biodegradable is huge. I even think about it too. Like you, go, we were talking the other day w- with a few friends at dinner and we're talking about how you know, you go to certain countries and it's super, super clean. But the reason in some of these countries it's super clean is because they don't have as much waste as we do, especially in the U.S. So I think U.S. companies moving towards sustainable packaging is a huge solution to a lot of these things.
0: Definitely. The next one is Cisco Systems. They announced plans to reach net zero emissions across all sources by 2040. And Beyond just that, a lot of companies are, like, pledging to reach net zero, which is great. I'm not knocking it. But Cisco went above and beyond, and they actually invested $477 million into community programs. And they met their goal in 2021 to source 85% of electricity through renewable energy sources. So they did their homework, and they went above and beyond and did the extra credit.
1: Awesome. So our next one is... Apple. I'm a huge Apple fan. I am definitely sucked into the Apple ecosystem. Their goal is to become carbon neutral by 2030. And carbon neutral is basically whatever carbon emissions they emit, they'll do whatever they can to offset. And that could be buying carbon credits and just making sure that they're putting money into a way that makes it so they're net zero. So 20% of the materials used in their products are already made from recycled content and they're working to increase this figure and 175 suppliers have committed to completely shift to renewable energy and a big thing for all tech products not just apple is uh, buying things refurbished i've actually had a really good experience doing that i bought a laptop refurbished um i've bought phones refurbished and it's cheaper and it's kind of i think sustainable so yeah apple is a big one Yeah, and I saw with their new chip,
0: the M1 chip, I think every device I used it is 8% more sustainable. I forget what it was. but And also with the recent tech layoffs, I think they really had their employees' best interests at heart to some degree because they did not overhire. And so they haven't had to do layoffs, which makes me like Apple more. Super smart. Super smart. The next one is PayPal. PayPal is also the owner of Venmo. They have done lots of great work for the climate, but I wanted to touch more on just how they operate as a platform because I think there's lots of apps out there that are actually pretty like aggressive in their tactics to make money. For example, I think Robinhood, sometimes they have all these sneaky fees that come up and I feel like we don't notice them as much because the incentive is, oh, you should be making money off their platform, but they kind of exploit you in a little bit. PayPal is not like that. I used to have a professor in college who was all about accusing companies of being fascist or not, and he never haggled on PayPal, and I know this because we tried to convince our professor to get a Venmo because we had to Venmo him for our lab supplies, but he wouldn't get a Venmo because he's so cautious about giving his data to quote-unquote fascist companies, but he researched it, and he's like, oh, they're actually not malicious, They just charge you for getting your funds right away, and they don't do anything with your data. And they are completely free, and they're compatible with lots of bank accounts. Sometimes these platforms are like, oh, you have to have a Bank of America bank account, and Bank of America is actually paying them to do this, and then you have to open an account with them, and then they're going to sell your data, stuff like that. But they actually, they're compatible with lots of different bank accounts They don't sell your data. They're not exploiting people. PayPal is a good company according to ESG. They also do environmental stuff, like I
1: said. Yeah, and then our next one is Alphabet. For those of you who might not know what Alphabet is, Alphabet essentially is the parent company of Google. So they've done a lot in terms of environment. I mean, Google, we've heard, is like the angel of all companies, especially to work for. So they've basically done like $5.75 billion worth of sustain, sustainability efforts um, in bonds, with 100% of the net proceeds of these bonds being allocated towards more environmental work. In 2019, they actually committed to $1 billion to support the construction of 20,000 affordable houses in the Bay Area. So they're really focusing on their local community as well. And those housing opportunities focus on racial equity, women's rights across the globe. So a lot of racial equity, women's rights, just general sustainability, like they kind of take the whole net and are tackling each and everything on the list. Um, so some other great companies that we're not going to go in depth in, but to highlight our Salesforce, Microsoft is an awesome one. You have seen them at the top of a lot of ESG um, related index funds. Intel is really good. And um, Maeve, do you have any other ones that you really like off the top of your head?
0: No, those companies were actually rated number one. They had the highest ESG scores that you said. Microsoft was always the one that I liked a lot, so I can't think of any others.
1: Totally, yeah. So what are the benefits to ESG investing? Not only is this beneficial to society, but it's actually been proven to have less risk than traditional funds, regardless of asset class. And I will say there was a study ESG companies typically follow the S&P 500. So in Wallet Activism, Tanya Hester actually talks about ESG investing, and she shows how that the S&P 500 performs, if not same, ESG funds typically perform about the same, if not better. And so a study done by Morgan Stanley found that during turbulent markets, such as 2008, 2009, 2015, these traditional funds had a significantly larger downside than some of these more sustainable funds.
0: So what ESG funds are there? Just a couple off the top of the list. There's one with Vanguard, VFTAX. Fidelity has one called the U.S. Sustainability Index Fund, which is FITLX. SPIDER S&P 500 ESG ETF is EFIV. And there is an iShares ESG Aware MSCI USA ETF called ESGU. I'll try to put this in the show notes, these four these four funds to our index funds, to our ETFs. So different kind of points of entry, which is great. And you can invest in these funds in your own taxable brokerage. You can do it in your 401k. Just go and look for these funds there. If you have a Vanguard taxable brokerage, you can just look up their ESG fund. Vatsa, have you done this before?
1: Yeah. So I actually, through Wealthfront and through my 401k, one thing that we talk about in a few previous episodes is robo-investing. When you're picking a robo-investor, sometimes they ask you like, hey, are you interested in ESG? And you can make whatever account you're investing in a ESG-focused account. So I have my Wealthfront Automated is all in ESG. That being said, you don't have control of like what ESG it is. So like we said, like something can be labeled ESG, but it's not actually ESG, right? Like if somebody's claiming that they do all these things you kind of have to go do your own research and make sure that they're actually doing all these things that they're saying they're doing or that it's not offset by a bad thing that they're doing and if that bad thing is something that doesn't align with your values then maybe it's not something you want to go for but that being said it's always important you can set the robo account but then you want to look in and say hey does the what xyz companies are included in this so definitely check Your 401k, sometimes you can pick a ESG option if your company offers it, and that's just kind of an easy way if you're not sure what to do, but trying to get your foot in the door, I think it's a great way to start.
0: So what about the index funds that we so love? Unfortunately, most of the index funds that we talk about a lot, like VTSACS, VTI, stuff like that, they're not ESG friendly. This is because they're doing a blanket investment into the S&P 500. And unfortunately, that's going to include companies that are big no-nos in terms of ESG, such as Meta, BP, Nestle, etc. So what do you do if you have already invested in these non-ESG companies and you want to change, if you want to be more friendly to the environment, social, or governance, then you can use your power to vote. A lot of these companies, if you've invested so much into the company, or even if you've invested just any amount into their company, they're going to have you vote like once a year or once a quarter for their board of directors and any changes in the company. I know I get these emails from Vanguard and Robinhood to vote on my shares in a certain company. So like Apple is one I vote on. One thing I always vote on is, do I approve them hiring Deloitte to do their taxes? I say yes. And then it's all about re-electing the board. It's usually the same board members, but they're gonna add someone else. They need the investors to vote on it. I go and I look up each board member individually to go see what they have previously spoken out about in terms of environment. If they seem like they're a good person, then I vote for them. And if they're kind of like shady, I just say no. And I always vote no for increase to CEO pay. Unless the company has like done outrageously well, sure. But in general, I don't think we need to pay our CEOs more. I think we need to do other stuff to be more socially friendly. Even if we just reinvest in the company, reinvest into the employees, I'd rather they do that. But yeah, use your vote. Be destructive. It ain't much, but it's honest work. And if we all do this, if we all take the time to just take five minutes, look up these board of directors and vote accordingly, we can make a big difference.
1: Totally. Even when you're voting on local issues, same thing, like really looking into it, seeing what's been lobbied for, what's on the docket, that can help pivot a lot of things. So in terms of everything we just talked about, I think the biggest thing comes from aligning on what your values are and figuring out like what matters to you, what topics matter to you. Because, again, there are so many issues in the world right now today where it can be really discouraging and overwhelming thinking about everything that's going wrong. But I try to use a framework where I pick my top five and then do my best in that top five because that's what matters to me the most. Um, because it's really easy watching the news, seeing all these things that all these companies are getting away with, and it brings you down. And so, the ideally, you are focusing on what your values are whether that's compassion fairness generosity growth justice whatever that is self-reliance or service and figuring out how that aligns with these companies and what they're doing oh and to make the best choice possible it's important we understand the full cost of something externalities and all not just is what not just what's written on the price tag what what went into creating this pro- uh this this product or this service or whatever it is And one really cool thing that we wanted to kind of touch on, and this is also from Tanya Hester's Wallet Activism, she lists a bunch of resources, which are really awesome. And the first one is called Boycott. It's a mobile app to research boycott campaigns against companies and identify brands that are part of larger corporations. So sometimes you don't know what the parent company is. So it's a really great app. I've checked it out and it's cool. You just search up the company and then it'll give you all the tea.
0: Another great tool is CorpWatch. It is an organization that keeps tabs on companies' practices, especially around social justice. Their company profiles and tracks labor violations, health violations, human rights
1: violations, and more. Then the next one is called Good On You. It's a mobile app that rates clothing companies on their sustainability and social factors, along with letting you sort by the price range. So this is for both if you were to invest in a clothing company, but also if you were to buy from a clothing company and give them your money. Another one is
0: Good Unite Us. It provides better alternatives to shopping with bad guy companies. So instead of buying from like Nestle, it will suggest a different company and product that's very similar.
1: Yeah, and then our next one, we kind of talked about earlier, we talked about lobbying and political donations. So this one is called OpenSecrets.org. I love the name because T, um, but this is a repository of political donation and lobbying spending for corporations and large companies. And then we also have one resource for if you were to research any financial institutions, so stopthemoneypipeline.org. This tracks banks' involvement, so if you're banking with somebody, um, in projects that are detrimental to the planet and climate change, and it provides you tools to help you switch to a good guy bank. The second one is Global Alliance for banking on values. And this helps you find a bank committed to using its customer deposits to fund social justice, environmental sustainability projects, which I think is really cool as well.
0: That is really cool. Yeah. So we hope you guys learned a little bit about ESG and that you, if you want to implement it, that you learned some tips for how to be more friendly to the world. Batsa, do
1: you have your money move? Yeah, I have my money move. So my money move actually is, I think I finally have figured out the optimal amount of food to make in terms of meal prepping. So I really like to cook, but and I also don't necessarily like to eat the same thing every day. But I think I figured out like instead of having like four or five meals a week just for one person, I think just focusing on one and like alternating or putting in like eating out days in the middle. I think I've come up with my optimal optimal thing. So now my grocery bill ideally will go down, and I think that is what definitely one hard part about living on your own versus living at home like when you're with your family it's really easy to get rid of the food because you have more than one person eating it but living alone it's been kind of a struggle of like having the optimal amount of food or making sure my groceries don't go bad especially because you know sometimes you get tired of eating the same thing over and over again but I'm really happy because you know I went two weeks eating this one thing and I've been using things actually in my pantry instead of buying new things and I feel like hopefully I start saving on groceries
0: oh amazing. That's awesome. My money move, I feel like it's not explicitly a money move, but I went snowboarding again yesterday, and I finally nailed down the heel side turn. I could only do toe side turning, and now I can do heel side. I'm still on the bunny hill, but it's just like really exciting improving on something that you couldn't do before, and I hope it like pays dividends in my life so that I can participate in winter sports. It's pretty exciting. But I think that wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys for listening and for tuning in. If you want to contact us, find us on Instagram. We are at galsgettingrich. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.